everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. This is Murder With My Husband. I'm Peyton Moreland. And I'm Garrett Moreland. And he's the husband. And I'm the husband. We have a very special guest on our podcast today. It's actually my mom. Hi, mom. Ooh. Hi, Pate. Um, we brought her on today because the case we are doing is local to my city. And my mom is kind of a... She's a celebrity. She's a celebrity (laughs) here in Idaho Falls. And so she has the inside scoop on everything. And so she actually has a lot of um, inside details about this case that most people don't know. And so, yeah, we had to bring her on to share them with you guys. Okay, let's clear something up. I don't really know if I'm a celebrity. I I do a, a local, well, it's actually a regional talk show. So, yeah. Yeah. No, she's a celebrity. You can't, we can't leave the house with somebody rec- without somebody recognizing her. So, but anyways, we are doing, um, I've kind of already told you guys, I told you last week, I updated it on our social media. We are doing the, I guess the easiest way to say it is the missing kids from Rexburg case. It's ongoing right now. There is not an end result yet, but there is a lot to this case. And so the two missing children are Tylee and JJ, and their mom is Lori, and she is basically on trial for losing her kids, basically not telling where they are and murdering her kids. Well, I guess she's not on trial yet. Yeah, they haven't charged them yet with any murder charges, but they just found the remains a few weeks ago, and they're kind of in this in-between spot. They've got charges that they're definitely going to get both Lori and Lori, Lori's husband, Chad, for. Um, Chad's being charged with um, uh, hiding human remains, which they were on his property, so that's going to happen. And we're crossing our fingers that they haven't charged him with the actual death because they're holding out, trying to gather enough evidence to charge Lori, the mom, mm-hmm. with the actual murders. So that's kind of what we're hoping is going on, but like I said, it's ongoing and we don't know. So just... To recap, this case is near our home. We know many people who are involved. Um, We really have a more inside look into this case than your average podcaster. There's a lot of components and people involved in this case, so we will take it slow, but pay attention to the names and the dates as it's still ongoing. A lot of my information is going to be exact wording from a lot of the sources as the family has actually put together some sources of their own that they want people to use as they tell this story because they don't want it to get skewed. They've already had some details that have been misinformed, and so they don't want that to happen anymore. So I'm going to use word for word from a lot of my sources. And we will continue to do updates after this first episode. I think this is actually going to be a two-part series because there is so much to this case. Um, And we will continue even after these two episodes to explain what's going on and give updates. So yeah, this is the Lori Vallow, Daybell, Missing Kids, Tylee and JJ case. Uh, I got my information from a Dateline episode called What Happened to the Children? And then also a website called analytics.com. It's a timeline of events around the disappearance of Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow. And basically Annie, the girl who wrote this this website, basically, um, she is kind of connected to Lori in a way. Lori's third husband was named Joe. And Annie is Joe's sister. So the writer of where I got all this information is basically connected. And Tylee is her niece. The missing girl is her niece. So so there was already a Dateline episode on it? 
Yeah, they did a while ago. There's been multiple. And when uh, Peyton drops this episode on your uh, podcast, there's going to be a Dateline episode again on Monday. So Dateline's been in the area, Idaho Falls, Rexburg, a lot. I didn't realize they were so quick at all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think because this case has been pretty national because it kind of created a loophole. Uh, These kids went missing. No one really knew they were missing until about eight months later, which I don't even know how that's possible. Um, but when they did kind of find out the kids were missing and they went to the parents and were like, where are the kids? They were like, we don't have to tell you. Like we legally don't have to tell you our kids are safe and they're fine. And so it created this loophole of like the cops couldn't arrest them because legally they don't have to tell. So now it's like, does every parent who murdered their kid now just try to get away with it like that? I mean, as long as the body doesn't surface up, Mm -hmm. do you have to tell them, you know? Yeah. So it gained a lot of national attention because Mm -hmm. of that. And the the fact that Lori was such a vagabond, she moved around a lot. There was a lot of different houses. The kids were in a lot of different schools. That also added into the concept of them not being able to track them and know where they're at because they don't have really long-term friends and neighbors who should be watching out for these kids. Yeah. Uh, the primary, the primary um, caregiving was provided by Lori, and because she was so transient, it made it easy for her to, to make the up kids. these lies. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. And, I mean, this girl has been nicknamed basically a, a black widow. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone in her life dies or disappears, it seems mm-hmm. like. And that's why this case is so layered because we have to go through everyone in her life that has just gone missing or died of mysterious circumstances to lead up to these kids actually going missing. So we'll start. So in 2004... Lori competed for Mrs. Texas, which I just think is ironic considering everything that's going on. I watched the video. She's... You know how old she was? Yeah. Um, she's 22. Okay. And she's already on husband number two. Wow. So she's already been married and divorced once. She's 22 and she has her first son, Colby. Um, in 2000, Joe Ryan comes around. And in 2002, Tylee is born with Lori and Joe. So she now has Colby, her first son. She's married to Joe Ryan, and she has Ty Lee, which is the girl that was missing in 2002. It comes out that Joe, who was kind of raising Colby, even though he wasn't his father, um, actually sexually abused Colby. So that relationship was rough from the start. And when he finally told Lori what had happened, she left him. But the fight over custody for Ty Lee, who was his daughter, was hard and long. And so Joe kind of stayed in the picture for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, now enter Alex, who is import, is an important person in this case. He's Lori's older brother. He actually stalked Joe into a parking lot and stunned him with a stun gun. Joe gets away and Alex pleads guilty to aggravated assault. He serves some time, but he actually tells friends um, that he or someone he knows is going to go back and kill Joe. And this was because of what happened. Yeah, they're, the they're, sexual... in the, they're in the custody battle for Tylee and all that's going on. Okay. Enter husband number four now. Oh my gosh. So husband number one, she married and divorced without having a kid. Husband number two, she has Colby with and then divorces. Husband number three is Joe Ryan, who she has Tylee with and who her brother Alex stuns. And then they get a divorce. And then husband number four is Charles Vallow, who he's going to stay in her life for a lot longer than the first three husbands. He enters the picture. Um, he's successful. And he actually took a lot of interest in Colby and Tylee. So it's kind of like this family of four. 
They're pretty happy. Um, he provided a stable life for the family. They moved to Phoenix, Arizona together. And six years later in 2012, Charles' sister has a grandson who has special needs. And it kind of sounds like his parents just don't want to take care of him because he has special needs. And so he's in, he needs a home, basically. His name was JJ. And so Lori and Charles decide that they're going to take this baby on and they decide to adopt him. So now they have Colby, who's from her second marriage, Tylee, who's from her third marriage with Joe Ryan, and now her fourth marriage to Charles. They've now adopted JJ, a special needs family member, basically. Okay, so hold on. So total, we got three kids. Three kids, four husbands so far. Three kids, four husbands. And is this all in the same state, the same city? No. Or? They've, she's moved around, well, but there's Phoenix. Texas. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Phoenix is now where they're living, and they've adopted JJ. So we went from Texas to Phoenix. Yes. Okay. She seemed to kind of rotate back and forth through Arizona. That seemed to kind of be home base. Yeah. You're going to see that she ends up in Hawaii for part of the time, Idaho for part of the time. She met him in Texas, but Arizona seems to be home base for everybody. Huh. And her brother Alex lives in home base. Oh, okay. They're in Arizona. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's kind of why they end up sticking there a little bit. So this family, I mean, he was successful. He was making a lot of money. Charles was. And so Lori was finally able to just relax and settle down. And when they took on JJ, Tylee, the older sister, um, she kind of took on a motherhood, a motherhood role from JJ from the beginning. Like she was a little bit older and he had special needs and they bonded fast. So they were like best friends from the beginning. In 2014, when Colby, the oldest son, graduates from high school, the family decides to move to Kauai, Hawaii. So now they're going to Hawaii. They were in Arizona. Okay. It was here that Lori met a friend from her church named April and they became best friends. Uh, Colby, the oldest son decides to move out at this point. He's an adult. He's ready to start life. He graduated. He was kind of just hanging out. So he's like, I'm going to move out. So Lori's ex-husband and father of Tylee dies on April 3rd, 2018 while the family is in Hawaii. So just, is this Joe that died? Yes. Joe Joe. died of a heart attack is what they end up diagnosing him with, but it wasn't really investigated. And this is the first death. Of one of her husbands. Because this is the same guy that Lori's brother said he was going to kill. Quote unquote or whatever kill. And the, the, not quote the custody unquote, bo- like battle was nasty. Okay. So this was not like a good relationship. Like, oh, you know, my ex-husband died. It was like my ex-husband who I've been fighting with, who my brother went to jail for hurting, died of a random heart attack. Okay, got it. While they were living in Hawaii. <laughs> At a fairly young age. Yes. Mm-hmm. So huh. she tells her friend April at this point in Hawaii Um, that she's kind of starting to grow spiritually. Lori felt like she was outgrowing those who were in attendance at her church, and she was definitely outgrowing her husband. Her husband was actually a convert to her religion. He converted for her. And so she was just kind of like, I don't know, I'm just feeling I'm above these people. Like spiritually, I'm on a different level than these people in my life. Charles, her now husband. Mm -hmm. Yes, Charles. Okay. Yeah. So... It's probably important to let everyone know his last name is Vallow because you're going to see that name pop up a lot. So it's Charles Vallow. So it's Charles and Lori Vallow. She has Mm -hmm. his last name. So shortly after this exchange with her friend April, um, on January 1st, 2019. So they lived in Hawaii for about five years. 
2019, the Vallow family, which now consists of Tylee, JJ, Lori, and Charles, because Colby has moved on and moved out, they decide to move back to Arizona. So they took a five-year little break, went to Hawaii, had fun, but are now moving back to Arizona. Keep in mind, at the end of Hawaii, she was starting to feel like, you know, I think I'm just, I'm a little bit better than what's going on here. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to cut in this story and we're going to jump to Chad Daybell, who is the who was on, who was just got arrested for having Tylee and JJ's remains in his backyard. Okay. So he becomes an intricate part of Lori's life in this story. Chad served a two-year mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at 19 and was extremely successful on his mission. His companions that served with him said that he attracted many people and on the mission he was just like the golden boy. Like every missionary was like, we want to be like Chad. He literally convinced everyone that he taught to join the church. He had like the most baptisms by far. He was super persuasive. And like people liked him. Like Mm -hmm. people were drawn to him. He's magnetic. uh, Not magnetic like like a used car salesman where he's in your face. They describe him as kind of soft-spoken, so he's not aggressive. Yeah. But when he talks, you're so drawn to him and you want to be with him. Mm Mm-hmm. So he came home from his mission and he married his wife, Tammy, and they end up having five kids. After they had their last kid, Chad claimed that he had an out-of-body experience where his soul left and conversed with his grandfather, who told him that him and his family needed to move to Rexburg, Idaho. They were living in Springville, Utah. So at this point, he's like, we need to move to Rexburg. Like, I just talked to my grandfather, and he told us that we need to move there. My dead grandfather. Dead grandfather. <laughs> oh, he was dead. Yeah, yeah he no. said he, like, he, he, he said that his, his <laughs> spirit left his body mm-hmm. and went to the spirit world and talked to grandpa. Yeah, similar to, like, a near-death experience, yeah. Chad. He, he's a publisher. He does a lot of books about near-death experiences. But typically, you think a near-death experience is somebody who's actually been in a car accident yeah, or had yeah. cancer or whatever. But Chad's saying that... This he, just, he does it all the time. It just happens. He, he just, just goes and talks to people that are either in heaven or whatever you believe the afterlife is. Yeah. Chad is going to that place. Yeah. Okay. So he believed, Chad believed that him and his fellow saints would survive the end of times that were coming in July of 2020. He thinks all of these saints, all of the people need to move to Rexburg, Idaho, because the end of the world is coming in July, and that is where we are going to survive. It's kind of funny that he picked 2020 just because of everything that's been <laughs> going, going on. I know, on I've days. kind of been thinking, like, maybe he's right. Is he on to <laughs> something? Like, is, yeah. <laughs> so um, his group, okay, so, so keep in mind, he's still part of the LDS church, but he kind of starts to become a leader within... I, I don't want to say within, but he kind of gets a following. I would call it a subset of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. Most of the people who are following Chad are members of that church. Not all of them, but most are. But it's definitely a portion of beliefs that are not mainstream to the church. Yeah. Hmm. They're kind of making their own little avenue. Okay. Um, like, like I said, like a little subset to yeah. the yeah. church. I heard huh. there was a woman who had followed Chad and then unfollowed him and just left the church completely. But she explained, we believe 90% of what every other Mormon believes, but then there's a 10% that is off in another direction. Got it. That no one else believes. Yeah. So his group has been known as preppers. Um, A prepper is someone who preps insanely hard for the end of the world. Like it consumes their life. And honestly, before the kids even went missing and all this was happening, like, 
mom, you knew of these preppers in Rexburg. Oh, like, absolutely. We knew of this group mm-hmm. that was this like offset LDS group that thought the end of the world was coming and prepped super hard. There's like rumors that they live underground and they have all these bunkers. And I don't know. And we had just heard this. They're not silent about it. They have podcasts. They have large meetings that you can pay it to go to in attendance to mm-hmm. where they're drawing crowds of thousands. Wow. And it's like a conference and you go and you learn about prepping and you associate with these people because they're, they're like-minded people yeah. with you. It's all in Pocatello. Well, it's all through it's Rexburg. It's Rexburg, Rexburg, but but it extends into Utah. It's kind of a I always call it the Mormon corridor. Yeah. If you if you know if you're coming up from Salt Lake, it's just up that I-15 corridor. They just kind of pick them up, throw them in the trunk, <laughs> and keep going. They're like, let's go. <laughs> We're headed to Rexburg. Yeah. yeah. So Rexburg is also if for people listening to this podcast who don't know much about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. There's a college in Rexburg, Idaho, that is specific. It's a private college that's specific for members of the church. You can attend if you're not a member, but you have to live the um, standards. the standards of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it's a huge college. There's times where they have enrollment of 13,000, 15,000. It's not a little teeny yeah. community college. This mm-hmm. is a big place. If you add in their online enrollment, you're, you're up at 20,000, 25,000, depending upon the semester that they're on. So it's a big, it's a, there's a lot of people doing the same thing in a very small area. Yeah. And let's explain how close Rexburg is to Idaho Falls where we are living. So when I say it's a corridor, if you're coming up from Salt Lake City, Utah, and you're going to just drive up I-15, you're going to hit Rexburg at about three and a half hours. Idaho Falls is going to be at about three hours. So you're talking 25, 30 minutes between the two. A lot of people commute. It's really close. It's not that big of a deal. Um, There's a highway system that breaks off of I-15 that goes up to Rexburg. Super easy to get there. Yeah, we're talking like I went on dates with boys from Rexburg in high school. I went to football games there. Like it was was close enough that that I knew... We hung out like we we communicated with people from there. <laughs> no offense, Gary. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I thought I was the first one my wife dated. So yeah. that's a surprise. <laughs> I'm to sorry me. to break it to you. <laughs> a common belief. Oh wait, first I wanted to say that I think Charles Manson when I think Chad Daybell. Like I feel like this little sect is more of a cult, and I can freely say that because people who have joined it and left have called it that. And How many people does he have? Do you know? Okay. I would love to, to have a better idea of what is at. Yeah. But we're talking tens of thousands in oh, this really? pepper group. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And, I, and I, he's like the leader? He took on like, a leadership role. There's okay. others. He's not, you know how you would have like for the Catholic Church, the Pope. Yes. Or for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the prophet. Yes. He's not similar. He's not like that because there's been no anointing or actual placement of you're the leader of this. Okay. But there's people who rise to the top that become those who they the follow. Or, yeah. It's, and Chad would be that person. Got it. Okay. Think MLM. He's a top seller. Okay. He's national. <laughs> He's national. <laughs> so a uh, common belief for this group, um, I'm just going to call him Chad's group, was that people on earth could be taken over by zombie spirits is what they call them. They literally use the word zombie. Hmm. And that him and this group of people have the ability to cast these zombies out. He's He's placing a level of power on himself that 
everyone buys into, which is bizarre, which is why I think, Peyton, you think it's like Charles Manson. Yeah. Because he's he's anointing himself with this power. He uses a pendulum, mm-hmm. and that pendulum swings back and forth, and then he gives people a rating. Yeah. And if your rating has a D behind it, it means you're dark. And if you're dark and your rating level is high enough, then you've been taken over by a zombie. And he just made this all up, like came up with all this? No, Gary no, I told him. Well, yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like this was his doing. Yes. It wasn't yes. someone else's doing before. No, yeah. Before he even joined, the, the, before this sect was such a big part of this story, he was already off on his own writing books, like my mom said, doing podcasts. Oh, okay. Like he was already in that that leadership, uh, I'm better than you, but I'm not going to make you feel that way role. It's, he just wants power. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was around this time that, you know, the cult, the, the cult, the group and everything is going on that Chad's wife gets in a car accident and he believes that she was supposed to have died in this incident. So like my mom was saying about the near death experiences, he decides that she was supposed to have died, but because she didn't die, her body was taken over by a zombie and essentially his wife now had an evil spirit zombie inside of her. And he claimed that this was detrimental to his work with God. So at some point, his wife becomes not applicable for his lifestyle anymore, Mm -hmm. which I'm not saying that he's just going to go and off her, but he literally thinks that his wife is an evil spirit. So if that's going to tell you where their relationship is at right now in this story. And there's no other details on why, just out of nowhere, kind of. No, I mean, yeah, he's just decided this. Isn't it interesting to think that his decision process is God made a mistake and I know better? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. She was supposed to have died. What the heck? Yeah. So Chad would attend prepper conferences and hangouts, kind of like my mom was saying, like they do these big things where everyone can come and hang out. Yeah. And this is kind of where he would go and recruit people. Like he would convince people, come join our 144,000 people that are going to be saved in July. And like, you can be one of them. Come join. And well, they didn't say you could be one of them. He would decide if you Mm -hmm. were one of them after swinging a pendulum. After they get a D or whatever. What was the other letter? It's a scale of light or dark. They reference the D a lot because you're, if you're still in the light range, like you can go up, you can get better. If you hit a certain level in the dark, as far as Chad's concerned, you're done. You're a zombie. You're a zombie and you're not worth saving as a person. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So it was along this whole route of these prepper conferences and everything that on October 26th, 2018, he meets Lori. At one of these conferences. So Chad Daybell meets Lori Vallow at one of these conferences. So she moved home from Hawaii feeling like I'm just more spiritual. I just, I feel like I'm on a different level and finds this sect of her religion because she was LDS Mm -hmm. and goes, wow, I should start going to these. So she starts going to these prepper conferences with friends and meets Chad because he preaches at these conferences. In Arizona, where's this conference at? Sorry. We don't know which. Conference. There's oh. several, and it's questionable right now which one they met at first because okay. you talk to one person and they'll say they met at this one. And if you talk to another person, they say they met at that one. It's absolutely guaranteed they communicated via email 
often yes. at the very beginning. Email. Once, yeah, once he figured out who she was. Well, they're both married. They're both married, and yeah. so they have to be kind of quiet about it. But once Chad figured out who she was and she figured out who Chad was, they began being in each other's life on a regular basis yeah. via email. He told her the first time he met her that she was sent to him from God. Oh, my gosh. Like so that's how he got away with a lot of his stuff yeah. is saying, oh, because God told me. Yes, God yes, told yes, me. yes. So he convinced Lori that she was special. He, They were emailing regularly, and he even ranks her family members for her, and all of them are in the D. What in the world? So he, he confirms so her suspicions up. that she is higher and better than the rest of her family members. That's than crazy. Than her husband. So and, I, I want to say here that when I very first heard this story, this was – Months and months ago, we're talking back in November of 2019 when this first hit, I really thought, I'm like, man, this woman, everyone that goes around her dies and she is so (laughs) like Black Widow, right? Since then, in the last seven, eight months, I feel like Chad is a master groomer. He grooms people just as a sexual predator would. He's just doing it emotionally. He is grooming people emotionally. Like I said, like a cult leader. I mean, that's why I'm referencing Charles Manson. Manson? (laughs) Manson. Because he convinced people to kill. Yeah. Like, they do these crazy things under, like, someone's power. And and Chad did that for Lori. Like, yeah, I used to think it was all Lori. And then as more things surfaced, I was kind of like, wow, I... I think Lori got brainwashed. Like she mm-hmm. got groomed by Chad to believe that she really was better and that her calling on earth was more mm-hmm. than her family. Super manipulative. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he convinced her that she was special. Um, he tells her that she has the ability to travel between worlds. So he, you know, he goes, I, I can talk to the people, but Lori, God has told me that you can travel between worlds. So you need to start working on that. And so she's like, yeah, of course I can. Man, he 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 really is, I guess, good. I don't know how to explain it, this grooming thing. Mm-hmm. He just tells people exactly what they want to hear. Which is why I told you about his success on his mission. Yeah. Because it was relaying way earlier than this group. It was he was convincing everyone to become Mormon well, like, on his mission. He like take he takes people's faith and then just completely twists it mm-hmm. and manipulates it. So she is soon participating in his end of days podcast with him. So she's back in Arizona living with her husband and she's now all in on this group. She's involved in this group. She's on his podcast with him talking about it. And she kind of becomes his right hand girl. Like she moves up fast. There's people who have been working at this MLM on the bottom of the pyramid. (laughs) And she gets up to number two spot real quick. Yeah. So Chad actually heads to Arizona on November 16th, 2018, for a preparing the people event that he was speaking at. And he stays at Lori's house with Lori and Charles, her husband. He sleeps at their house. In the guest room. In the guest room. Oh my gosh. And apparently. Bold, right? Yeah. Super very bold. bold. So um, in December of 2018, so that was in November. In December of 2018, Lori starts a podcast called Time to Warrior Up under the influence of Chad. He basically tells her to start it. And it kind of just discusses how to be a modern day warrior. Like he's just convincing her to go all in. Her whole life is now consumed with this. So now we are caught up to the same time period in both Chad and Lori's life. They have met each other. Um, Chad has essentially recruited her to his spiritual prepper group. And both of their marriages are struggling because Chad's wife is a zombie 
And Lori's husband is a D. <laughs> okay, so, so let me just recap real quick. So Lori's still living in Arizona, though. Yes, and he's in Rexburg. And Chad's still in Rexburg. Which is why the emailing is how they're communicating okay. a lot of the time. And Chad had just come out to Arizona to stay with Lori. Mm-hmm. And she was going out there, too. Yeah, they she were going was heading. Back and forth the whole yeah, time. she was heading, you know, north in the United States. And it might not just be Idaho. She might land in Utah. And Chad would also yeah. come to Utah and they'd meet up there. Keep in so. mind, Chad's family is from Utah. And so mm-hmm. they could go up there and stay with his wife's family. Like, okay. this is just like my mom said, it's one road and they just go up and down this road. It's a, it's a corridor that goes yeah. <laughs> from Arizona yeah. up through Utah, up through Idaho. And I'm sure like they're still missing details about what Charles thought. I'm sure some more oh, stuff yeah. like that will come mm-hmm. out later. would be my guess. Yeah. So, um, well, well, you're, you're going to find out yeah. that I mean, I Charles that, gets super suspicious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, mm-hmm. so there is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, she's they're not hiding it very well. Like, her whole life is consumed by Chad. Got it. I thought I Charles mean, was still just married. maybe oblivious to it. She's still okay. married, but before she even met Chad, she was already starting to doubt her husband, Charles. And now that she's met Chad, she is all in on Chad, and Charles is just okay. in the dark. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So, on January 22nd, 2019, so we are like... 2019. So this is just a year ago, a year and a year half, and half ago. ago. Chad tells Lori over email that her husband, Charles, has also been taken over by a zombie. He actually uses the word demon to her. And the demon's name is Nick. And that's going to come up later. So just remember that. He's now taken over by a demon named Nick. And his wife has also been taken over by a zombie. So Chad's wife, Tammy, is a zombie. Lori's husband, husband Charles, Charles, is, is a zombie. zombie. Both still alive, though, right now. Yes, and but this they're is- dead. Wow. They're dead. They've just been taken over by zombies. This mm-hmm. is this is a crazy. This is a good content because <laughs> when I saw this on like the news for like a couple seconds, I had no idea there was this much behind it. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. why it's going to be a two parter because it's, it's just, just so crazy much crazy. There's story. all these little details I could yeah. would have never guessed. So on February 10th, 2019, Lori called April, her friend in Hawaii, and told her that her plane had actually just landed. And asked if she could stay with her because she didn't know where else to go. So Lori was in Hawaii all of a sudden. Calls April, can I come stay at your house? And April's like, "Uh, yeah. She tells her that she had been staying with her brother Alex since January 30th. So this is February 10th. So she was staying with her brother Alex for quite a while. Um, But that they had gotten into a fight in Arizona. And so... Charles and Lori had gotten into a fight. Charles and Lori had gotten into a fight. So she went and stayed with Alex and then Alex and Lori got into a fight. And so she went and stayed with April. Okay. That makes sense. So April said that it was only Lori and Tylee and that Lori was acting crazy. So no JJ. So her kid is not with her. Lori told April that Charles had been having an affair and that he was dead with a demon inside of his body and April was like, he's dead. Like she made April believe that he had died. And so she was like, that oh he my gosh, physically so had died. No heartbeat, no brainwave. No, yeah, he had died. That, mm-hmm. ch- sorry, that Charles had died. Yes. Mm-hmm. Her okay. husband had died. That her husband had died. But then as they keep talking and stuff, she later changes her story and goes, well, I mean, he's alive, but I'm going to get a call any day saying that he's died because he's been taken over by a demon and it's going to kill him. That's what she said to April. Yes. So she at first she told him she was dead. What? And then she changed the story and goes, well, actually, he's still alive. But any day, I'm going to get a call saying he's dead. Was April part of this? 
No. no. April is your your regular Joe member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they were just friends in Hawaii. Until? Until Lori started to get really deep into this prepper group, and then there's this, there's, I mean, at some point, April's going to go, yeah, I'm going to cut well, the ties yeah. a little bit. right now. Mm-hmm. So okay. it seemed to April that Lori was manic. She had canceled Charles' return flight home from his business trip right before she left to go stay with her brother, that fight we were just talking about with uh-huh. Charles and Lori. She had canceled his flight home, so he had to buy a new flight. He like went to get on, and they were like, oh, your ticket's been canceled. And so he, was, so he had to buy a brand new flight. After she canceled his flight, she went to the airport and picked up his car and hid it so that when he would finally get home, he wouldn't have a ride home from the airport. She threw all of his clothes out of their house, all of his computers, his electronics, everything, and took $35,000 out of his business account and put it into her personal account. Oh my gosh. She finished up by changing the locks on their home. So when he finally did get his flight and he finally did get a car and he finally did get home, he couldn't get into his own house. She's going crazy. And then she took Tylee, um, and without telling Charles where she was going, she left. And she went to Alex's house, her brother, who lives in Arizona as well. And she, like, gleefully recounts this to April. It's not like this traumatic, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. I just freaked out. Like, we got in a bad fight. It was like, wow. yeah, he's a zombie. And so I guess what I did. I locked the doors. I threw his clothes. Like, she's, like, happy about it. And so April's like, okay, like, you're weird. And so then April starts like kind of paying attention to what's going on. And she notices that Lori has JJ's medications, the special needs who absolutely needs his medications, his iPad and his service dog's collar. But JJ wasn't there with her. And so she's kind of like, where's JJ? And she's kind of dancing around the question, just like, oh, yeah, it doesn't really tell her where he is. I think it would kind of scare me being April that like, what do Maybe she's going to kill me. I don't know. It's yeah. just, this whole thing is super suspicious. I'm surprised that April's, I guess, courageous enough to ask all these questions. Well, and remember how April must feel also about JJ and Tylee. They had spent five years together in Hawaii yeah. in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Families are a big deal. At church, you you um, take turns teaching the young kids. I'm sure she was involved in JJ's and Tylee's life. Um, That's I'm true. Pre- I, I'm pretty sure that April made it sound like on the dateline that Tylee and JJ were her own kids in, in Hawaii. Like it was like, they were April's kids. You're yeah. Saying? Like she, she, she took taught them. them. Yeah. So like it was they were like hers. April and Lori were that best of friends that every single day they hung out and, and April kind of helped. I don't know. Have you seen dead to me? Dead to me. It's a Netflix show and the husband dies or whatever. And the two girls move in. It's kind of like that. Like she took her in and they took care of the kids together. And it was basically like two moms. And she was also really close to Charles too. Like April Mm -hmm. loved Charles. Like they were family to her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. They had April and, and Lori had a connection because they, they had both been divorced before. So they kind of felt. And in the LDS church. Divorce is kind of a big deal. You kind it can of feel be like, frowned upon. Yes. And so they kind of connected over that because they were both in the LDS church, but they had been divorced before. So it, it gave them something to to connect. I don't Bond. Yeah, to bond on kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm. So at this point, she's just got there. Lori's, you know, then after bringing on all this stuff about what she just did to Charles and not answering where JJ is, she tells her that um, also, April, I have to tell you, I'm a god. I'm a God. Chad has told me that I'm a God on earth. 
and that um, I'm here to save 144,000 people um, because Christ is coming on July 22nd, 2020 in Rexburg, Idaho. And I, me and Chad, as gods on earth, will save these 144,000 people. And so you need to move to Rexburg with me now. And April's like, yeah, Lori, I love you, but no, thank you. <laughs> like, she's like, no, oh I'm, my gosh. I'm good. There's gotta be red flags going off in oh, her head yeah. like crazy. Oh yeah. So basically, um, I mean, she shuts, she shuts Lori down. Yeah. So Lori doesn't get what she wants mm-hmm. and she's staying at her house. Yeah. So and Lori's got to leave. Yeah. And, and mm. April feels like Lori's just a completely different person than the one who had left. Not even that long ago, Hawaii. Like they hadn't moved that long ago. Yeah. Um, she felt like Lori was literally brainwashed. Like she's like, it was not even the same Lori. Like it was a completely different person at my house. So back in Arizona on February 4th, 2019. And just to give you a date. She, she went to April's house on February 10th. Okay. So now we're back. So then she flew back to hope. No, 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 no. I'm just back. back in Arizona now to tell you what's going on okay. with Charles after he came home and realized the mess he came home to. So on February 4th, 2019, Charles files for an order of protection against Lori at this point, who's still his wife stating that she had made these following statements and threats. So while she was going on this bender, she was also calling him, leaving him voice messages, emails, like threatening him, all of this stuff. She had told him that she was a God, that she was assigned to carry out the 144,000 for Christ's second coming in July, that she would murder him if he got in her way and tried to stop her because this was more important than him, that she didn't trust him, that she knew his real name was Nick and that he had actually killed her husband, Charles, a long time ago and taken over his identity and tricked her and that she would destroy him financially so that he couldn't come after her. Holy crap. So the papers are never served, though, because no one knows where Lori is. They're like, we don't know where she is, so no one can serve her with the papers. On February 8th, Charles Vallow files for divorce and unbeknownst to Lori, removes her as the sole beneficiary of his life insurance policy. He tells his lawyer at this time that he was in fear for his life, that he was she had told him she was going to kill him. And so he went and took her off and said, I'm in fear for my life. So I'm filing for divorce and I'm taking her off. Wow. So that life insurance policy is just short of $500,000 because it's going to come into play later. He takes Lori off and puts on JJ's grandparents who are also going to come into this picture oh. as pretty much the the heroes mm-hmm. of figuring out that JJ and Tylee are missing. So um, he puts them on. He hasn't been quiet about it. He also lets them know how the grandparents, about how scary his situation is. He tells yeah. them, I'm scared for the kids. I'm scared for me. It seems like she doesn't want us in her life anymore. I don't want her around JJ. I'm worried she's going to hurt him. Like he tells her, oh, man. he tells the people in his life, I'm, I am nervous about, what's going to happen basically. So on the 15th, Charles files for temporary. So keep in mind, like we we're, we're going down the line right now. She's went missing on January 30th and we're now on February 15th. No word from her. No idea where she is. And she just abandoned her son because JJ is not with her. Yeah. So on the 15th, Char, uh, Charles files for temporary custody of JJ and for her to return the money, basically kind of reconcile everything that she had done. Hmm. On the 21st, JJ's school makes a report to CPS because his mom, Lori, was still missing and they knew. And they were like, his mom just walked out on him. So they called CPS on her. This is the first time that JJ's school is going to call CPS. 
Mm-hmm. So on March 1st, Charles files to dismiss his divorce proceedings. And so I don't know, there was no information as to why, like what made him do. I don't know if he was scared for JJ's safety, if she found out that he had filed for divorce. I don't know what made him Maybe do Maybe he really loves her. I yeah. mean, we don't know. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on March 26th, 55 days after Lori picked up and disappeared with Tylee, Charles exchanges these texts with a friend. Charles says, I truly feel that there is no good ending for her. Emotionally, JJ is only about four years old. He will remember bits and pieces, but thankfully not the pain that she's put a lot of people through for her mission from God. And that's in quotations. In quotations, okay. The friend says, Charles, I appreciate you trusting me with your heart's issues and you're safe here. I'll continue to pray for you. I'm just going to... And then... He says, like, thank you. And then the friend says, I still can't believe it. And he says, literally, it's been 58 days. Believe it. The beautiful, sweet Lori that you knew and I knew is gone. She she actually believes I'm not Charles. She says an evil spirit named Nick murdered me and is using me to violate her and her family. Not kidding. I got to get out of here. The friend says, holy camel. (laughs) (laughs) He says, holy camel, I can't even relate. Who is this fake Nick? The last time I saw Lori, she couldn't say enough wonderful things about you. And Charles says, things have changed so dramatically in the past six six months. Something in her snapped. It is so unbelievable and scary. I'm so thankful that she doesn't see or have JJ. She wants him and for me to disappear. Seriously, it's the freakiest thing I've ever experienced. She's with a group of people called Woke and Preparing a People. Those are their names. That's what they yeah. call themselves. Texts are so crazy to me, like texts in a case, especially mm-hmm. newer ones, because it just kind of gives you the chills because they feel so real, right? It's like this is this happened. Yeah. Like he was texting about this, and I don't know, you can kind of see his emotion there. It's mm-hmm. just, it's kind of sad. It's, yeah. it's weird. Well, there's no interpretation other, I mean, you've got his actual words, whereas in older cases, maybe in the eighties, you're getting a lot of reference from people of how they felt, but this is him actually saying to one of his good friends, how scared scared. he is. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's scared. On March 29th, 2019, Lori leaves Kauai where she was staying with April and heads back to her and Charles's house in Arizona after being missing for 58 days. It's a long time. Lori had stayed in Kauai. And Charles had no idea where she had been. So when she showed back up to the house, Charles was surprised, confused. And he said he told people that he was actually sad. He she walked in and he started crying because he just couldn't believe that this is where his marriage had gotten to. She had been gone for 58 days and he was so worried about his life. And it, it, it broke him. Like, it, it hurt. I can imagine. Remember, he, she emptied 35000 out of his bank account. So even when she's not staying with April in Kauai, if you've got 35000 to burn, you can just get a, a really nice hotel room, oh, yeah. lay on the beach, do whatever and you want. Totally. I didn't include this in here, but I am going to say really quick, because she took out that $35,000, he got in a bunch of lawsuits because he couldn't pay he, he was like a businessman and he couldn't pay his employees or his companies. It was like he couldn't make these payments that he yeah. was needing to make with his business. That was his business account. So it was his business's money. And he, so while he's going through all of this, he's also getting in trouble from other people because of what she did. It's not just hurting him. It's affecting everybody. Yeah. And so um, Lori just decides to move into a new house. So they decide they're not going to live in the same house anymore. 
and she moves into a new house in Arizona and they start to go their separate ways. Lori expresses to family and friends that she fears the, for the end of times. And she actually says to a couple of them that she thinks it would just be easier to put the kids in a car and send them off a side of a cliff than for them to live through July, 2020. So she's thoroughly convinced that the world's ending in July. Yeah. All bought in. Yeah. Okay. In April through early June, not not anything big happens in this story. Some drama proceeds in Chad and Lori's spiritual group life. There's divorces, there's affairs, there's crap going on between there. There's obviously some stuff going on between her and Charles, but nothing huge that impacts this story. Let's kind of give some of that background of what you just said. In this prepper group, it's not unusual for two people to meet each other, divorce their current spouses and get together, and they marry within just a couple of weeks. Like they'll get their divorces final and then they're married the next week. Because wow. most of the time when they do meet, Chad comes through with his pendulum and says, yours is a zombie, yours is a zombie, you guys better leave and get married. That's so weird. So That's so weird. On June 29th, 2019, Charles lets someone know that he is going to email Chad's wife about Chad and Lori's relationship. He is suspicious and he thinks that she also has a right to know that, hey, these guys are getting too close. I think they're doing stuff behind our back and I'm going to I'm going to let her know like this is unfair. So Lori contacts JJ's school at this point. And tells them that she's actually back in town. Oh, no, no, you didn't need to call CPS. I'm back. I was just taking a little break. And I'm going to enroll JJ in summer school. And if if you're asking me why, I think it's because she didn't want to take care of him. So it was like, I'm oh, just okay. going to throw him in summer school. Yep. So on July 11th, 2019, a 911 call came in from Lori's new house in Arizona from her brother, Alex. So we're back to Alex, who stun gunned her previous okay. husband. He claimed very calmly on the call that Charles, her current husband, was unconscious on the floor of Lori's house, and he says that they had gotten into an altercation, and so he had shot him in self-defense. When the police arrive, they guide Alex out of the house, go in, and Charles is dead in the living room floor of Lori's new house. Okay, so question real quick. Is Alex part of this group as well? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think Alex is going to do whatever Lori is going to do. Yeah. When this killing happens of Lori's husband, it's early morning. And by early morning, I mean like between seven and eight o'clock. It's morning hours. So you're thinking, why is Alex at the house? He's been sleeping there. He has, he has a, a house. He has a house. Only a couple blocks away, probably. It's in the same city. But he's been sleeping at but Charles? But he's been sleeping. No, no, no. This Sorry. is at Lori's new at, house. At Lori's, Lori's new, new house, house. Where, Ch- where Charles and Lori do not coexist because Charles has his old house. Lori got a new place. And Alex has just been staying with Lori. Okay. What? Which that is makes, weird. That makes no sense. Yeah. They get Alex out of the house obviously because he was the one that shot so they have to treat it like that and he's very cooperative and calm like he's literally there's body cam footage of this whole the next whole part of this story i'm going to tell you and he's completely calm he explains to the cops that he didn't actually live there but that it was his sister's Lori's house and she lived there with her kids tylee and jj and charles was her husband whom she was in the process of getting a divorce from he says that Lori and her children were not home when the fight had occurred so Lori was gone. It was just Alex and just Charles in the house fighting, and Alex ends up shooting Charles. Wow. 
during that interview, Lori arrives to her home. So like ambulance, police cars, it's a shooting. Imagine how they're treating it. And she pulls up to this huge chaotic mess. And when she gets out of the car and the cops run up to her, you know, like, oh, like preparing to tell her because they thought she wasn't there. You know, your your brother just killed your husband. Uh huh. She was like, no, 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 I, I know. She was completely aware of what happened before the cops even talked to her. And so they're like, what do you mean, you know? And she's like, oh, so they're like, give us your side of the story. So what? she claims that she was home when the shooting had occurred. So Alex and Lori's story don't match up from the beginning. Um, but that afterwards, after her brother had shot her husband, she realizes that she needed to take off because JJ needed to get to school. Yes, you heard that right. Her brother just shot her husband in front of at least Tylee. They say JJ wasn't in the house, but he would have heard the gun anyways. Um, and then after that, she just car- got in the car and casually drove him to school, even though this had all just happened. That's crazy. That's just nuts. That just, that's just insane. Because, <laughs> you know, when there's a death, that's my very first yeah. response. So Seriously. she was not in the least bit. I mean, you can watch this body cam footage, like uh, YouTube it, Lori Vallow body cam footage. You will see. She is not in the least bit concerned or acting like this horrible thing had just happened. Um, they're interviewing her outside the crime scene and she's laughing. She's smiling. She's acting like nonchalant. Like, who is that? Oh, it's my husband. And they ask her, like, how long have you lived here? And she's like, literally, I've only lived here for three weeks. Like, I'm so embarrassed with all these, like, cops and ambulances. Like, hi, neighbors. Sorry. I'm like such a, like, I swear I'm not crazy. That's so weird. I'm like, that's that, what you're That was actually about. a really yeah. good impersonation right there that Peyton <laughs> just did. It is that nonchalant, the way she acts yeah. on the video. And, and I'm like, that's what you're worried about? Yeah. Your brother just shot your husband and you're worried about the neighbors are going to think about all the ambulances and cops outside? That would not if if like that would if some if my brother shot you that would not be the one yeah. thought well, that I mean, was going through. She's she's obviously head. just crazy. I know. So um, Lori tells police that Charles had taken JJ outside, so he had come over to take JJ to school. That's why he was at her house, uh-huh. and he took him outside to put him in the car to go to school. But when he got out to the car, he realized that he forgot his phone inside. So when he came back in to get it, she was actually snooping through his phone, and so oh. that is what triggered the fight. She says that Charles became upset when Lori wouldn't give the phone back. And so at this point, Lori claims that her daughter, Tylee, who was in her room, heard Lori and Charles, her husband, arguing. And so she grabbed a baseball bat that was in her room and walked out. And I think she's 17, right? Yes. So she's 17. So she grabs a baseball bat because Charles and Lori, her parents, basically, who raised her, are arguing. Are arguing. And... um. Lori claims that Charles grabbed the bat out of Tylee's hands. So now he has the bat. Uh And this is when Alex, her brother, intervened. And the two men started to argue. Alex claims they started to fight and that Charles hit him in the back of the head with the bat. So now bats back out to the body cam footage of Alex getting interviewed. He has a towel in his hand and he keeps dabbing the back of his head where he says he gets hit. And there's no blood blood on the towel. Like it, it is... I mean, there might be some, but it's like a equivalent to popping a zit on the back of his head. Like, uh, yeah, it's like if you get a, a like a paper cut. Yeah, that's the level of cut. And we all know head wounds bleed, bleed. like oh, yeah. crazy. And Charles played college Bas- baseball. Mm-hmm. Col- yeah. he, he played college baseball. So he probably would have knocked him out for sure. He has a bat in his hand. Yeah. This is his instrument, and he just. 
grazed the back of his head. And Alex says because he hit him in the back of the head, he went and got the gun and shot him in self-defense. Well, if you just got grazed. No way. Yep. You know, I mean, I'm not saying if someone's even swinging at you, that is still self-defense and whatever. But like, it just feels a little weird. I doubt Charles. Yeah. Missed with a baseball bat. Yeah. Okay. The whole thing is sketch. Yeah. The whole thing doesn't make sense. So it turns out. Okay. So this, this all happens. Um, and the police, you know, take her into custody. They don't ever charge in either of them with anything because they can't really prove that it wasn't self-defense if Tylee and Lori both say it was. Mm-hmm. And so they just take them home after, you know, they get all their official statements and stuff. And on the ride home, um, the cops like mention how the, in the car, they're just kind of like laughing and joking. And he's like, it was just happy go lucky. Like, we just killed your husband. My husband just died. My dad just died. And it was just kind of like happy-go-lucky. Kylie, too? They say she was um, had apologetic, but she was very rehearsed. Oh. She was sorry and apologetic for what had happened, but there was no, like, emotion, really. It was kind of just to the point. And Kylie goes with Lori to drop JJ off at school. Mm-hmm. So there's a portion of time there where Lori could direct Tylee on how to react to the cops and what to and say. What to and it's weird. I mean, we me, don't know if she did, yeah. but there it's was a time. It's weird to me that Alex and Lori couldn't get their story straight about what had happened. Why did Alex say Lori wasn't there and Lori would come home and say, no, I was here. Yeah. Like that's, there's that's ob- weird. There's obviously some miscommunication yeah. there. So all this happens and keep in mind that Colby is Charles's son. And he's in Texas. Yeah, and he's in Texas. Okay. And how old's Colby at this point? I mean... Early 20s. Yeah. Yeah, Early 20s. Okay. Okay. So they had come home from the police station by this point, and it's time for Lori to start telling everyone what had had happened. I mean, she had to tell Colby, their son. Um, She had to tell family members. So she actually originally lies to Colby and says that he died of a heart attack. So she, she calls Colby and she's like, oh my gosh, Colby, Charles just died of a heart attack. And he's like, okay. And so he, he finds out later that she had lied Yeah. and he's like, what the heck? And she was like, well, I didn't get the ME reports. I'm not sure if it was the gunshot wound to the back of the head. (laughs) I don't think it was that, you know, Um, the gun happens. He falls over on the floor and and we're just just not really sure sure what happened after that. It might have been a heart attack. Well, and I mean, keep in mind, like when Alex called, he didn't tell the people on the phone call that he was dead. He said that he was unconscious. He didn't. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. So um, then all this happens, right? So then these brand new neighbors are like, what crazy just moved into our neighborhood? Like, what the heck is going on? Only to find out that later that night, the night that her husband had just been killed by her brother, she throws a pool party in the backyard with her kids um, with music and food and dancing and laughter. And was, um, what's his name? Was Chad there? No, no. Chad's up in Rexburg, so Chad's not there. But it's like a... It's like a get-together yeah. that she had planned. Even if you have it planned, you cancel this. Yes. Oh, yeah. You canceled two weeks of your life when this stuff Well, I was happens. thinking maybe Chad went. Maybe it was some like, oh, finally planned. Charles yeah. is dead, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't know. It just the, the thought. 12 hours earlier, there's a body in the living room, dead. Yeah. And now everything is happy-go-lucky. And now we're going to have a pool party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 
we're just telling you these things so you can kind of get the idea of where this woman was. Yeah. So um, Charles had two sons who were adults and never lived with them or anything. So she was like, I have to tell these sons. So instead of calling to say, hey, you guys, your father just died. She texts them. She texts her two stepsons and says, hey, your father passed away. That's what the text says. That's all it said. Yeah. And so they are freaking out. They're like, what do you mean he passed away? What happened? They're trying to call her. Nothing. They're texting her back. Nothing. She ghosts them. What? And so for hours she ghosts them. That's yeah. so messed up. And so then finally, after a couple of days of them freaking out and like trying to get a hold of her, she just texts back, We're waiting for the ME reports. I mean, she obviously doesn't care about them no. or anybody else. So the boy's mother, these her stepsons, Charles Boy's mother, later does research on her own and finds out that the death had been classified as a homicide, and so they kind of figure out what had happened. And and I mean just all on its own, just that situation is enough gossip to talk about the fact that she kept it hidden from these boys. Like, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. That's his, their dad, you know? So literally the day after Charles's murder, on July 12th, 2019, Lori Vallow attempts to collect Charles's life insurance policy only to show up and be told that she had been removed as sole beneficiary. Oh, I'm sure she was so mad. Lori texts the sister... Charles's sister and gives her crap about their family getting the money. Like you don't have to put up with JJ and Tylee. You're not raising his kids. Wow. So on July 22nd, 2019, Lori tells her son's school that, uh, JJ school that his father had committed suicide in early August. JJ school learns the truth that Charles was actually a victim of homicide and not suicide. And so they once again, file another claim with Arizona's department of child safety. So this JJ school is like, this woman should not like, this is the second time that they've complained. I actually applaud that school. I think it's very easy for schools to just go, well, I don't have this kid to take care of, so I'll just move on. And they're seeing these patterns and it's not healthy, mm-hmm. and they're trying to go by the proper channels of CPS and take care of this. Totally. That's a problem all on its own, though. Mm-hmm. So on August 9th, 2019, Lori puts JJ's service dog that he had had his whole life and loved that he severely ne- needed. You know, like we mentioned, JJ had autism. Uh, uh-huh. His dad had mentioned that he was only about at a four-year-old brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this dog was his companion. Like, this was his thing. She puts the dog up for sale. You legally can't sell a service dog because service dogs are there to serve. So you have to return it back to a service organization so they can rehome him. I didn't know that. So on the 10th, Lori cuts off JJ from all communication from his other family members, grandma, grandpa, Charles, everyone. They try multiple times. Charles's family is what I mean. They try multiple times to get in touch with JJ after this emailing, like calling, please let us talk to JJ. Please let us, let us talk to JJ. And she just goes some. So the, this family that you're talking about is Colby. They, yes. Colby has a hard time getting a hold of Tylee and JJ. It's the Woodcocks, which are the, the grandparents of JJ. Charles's. Uh-huh. family. Charles' family, they are the grandparents of JJ and actually cared for him prior to JJ being adopted by Charles and Lori. Okay. So they've got this special bond with this little boy. Yeah. And they can't, they, they, uh, Lori will not put him on the phone. They will, there's no connection. It's just cut off. And that was August 30th, 2019. 
Man. That, that was the last that they never they could not get a hold of. Like Jacob. you were talking about loopholes at the beginning of the podcast. I don't understand how that's just legal. Like everything that's happening is just can happen. Yeah. With no repercussions at all. Um, sorry, that was on the tenth. I said the thirtieth, but that was the tenth. On August thirtieth, twenty nineteen. Lori, okay, also let's let's keep in mind Lori and Colby's relationship, her son Colby, is is basically non-existent. It's fractured. Like okay. he doesn't like her. She doesn't like him. I feel he bad doesn't for think him. she's a good mom. So Lori meets her son Colby in the parking lot of his workplace. She shows up, says, I'm in the parking lot. He comes out and he says, Hi, me, Tylee, and JJ are moving by. Doesn't even tell her tell him where they're moving, just says we're moving by. Um, Lori also then drops JJ's service dog back to an organization after realizing it was illegal. And she tells them that she (laughs) can't keep the lifelong dog for JJ because of a change in life circumstances. Like you, you have to explain because if you're going to take a service dog away from someone who might possibly need it, there's going to be some questioning. And that was her, that was her reasoning is we've had a change in life circumstances. I wonder if the police have had started an investigation at this point that we just don't know about. Because there's so many red flags going off that it seems like there's got to be something going on. I don't think so because the kids would have, they would have, the police weren't the people who realized the kids were missing. Or the FBI, I don't know anything. Yeah. Just because Charles died, right? There's just so many red flags that Well, and so strange. this is the second husband to die because Joe Ryan died. Correct, yep. After Alex, who killed Charles, also threatened to kill him. So Alex is in the middle of both of, of the husbands. last two husbands. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I think also that's pretty difficult because the, the person, the people you're going to go to for variation of, or for um, explanation of, well, what's your life like? It's Tylee and JJ. Mm-hmm. So if CPS or cops do show up, they're going to ask those two, well, you've got an autistic boy. So anything could be coming out of that young man's mouth. And it, it's probably not reliable and it probably changes day to day. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Tylee who has at this point, feeling very, I would assume, threatened. Mm -hmm. Things are always pulled out from underneath her. Her one constant is her mother. So who is she going to side with? Her Her mother. mother. Yep. So at this point, on August 31st, 2019, Lori, JJ, and Tylee vacate their apartment in Arizona and move to Rexburg, Idaho. So now she's moving to Chad's stomping grounds. They don't tell JJ's grandparents or any family that they're going there. So the grandparents have no idea that they've even moved. They can't get a hold of JJ. They're not allowed to go to Lori's house. And they have no idea that these guys have even moved. On September 5th, 2019, Lori emails JJ's old school and tells them that they're moving to California. And so she needs to pull him out. So this girl is just a liar. Like, she's just lying left and right. She doesn't say, oh, we moved to Rexburg, Idaho, which is the truth. She tells them they moved to California. Like, I don't even get what the point of doing that was. September 8th, a picture is uploaded on Lori Vallow's iCloud that shows Lori, Alex, JJ, and Tylee in Yellowstone National Park. This is the last picture of Tylee alive that we have. September 17th, A neighbor in Rexburg captures footage of JJ playing outside that is also appears to be the last footage of him alive as well. 
So the place that Lori moves to in Rexburg, it's like uh, a row of townhomes, and then there is a a very small strip of grass between, and then there's a row of townhomes on the other side. So if JJ's outside and somebody has a ring doorbell, you're going to catch some footage of him, which is what happened here. Mm -hmm. He was outside playing on this date a few days, like a week and a half after we've last seen his sister, but he hasn't been at school. Yeah. September 18th, family sends an email asking to to call the kids to talk to the kids once again but Lori ignores it september 19th the next day chad daybell is heard talking about remodeling a home in utah that he hopes can he can get done in time and that he's going to be out and he's going to have to take this time off he's not sure how long it's going to be so that's setting us up for later okay um for a possible alibi in late september chad and a friend chad daybell and a friend have this conversation on the phone um I at the friend says I asked him do you still see Tammy dying and he said yes I do he said I'm ready to get out now and Tammy doesn't want to get out when she passes away I'm done and I can't keep doing this so he was talking about his wife all like dying before I mean well well there's nothing wrong with her no well she's a zombie yeah she's a zombie but, but there's nothing wrong with her and he's having casual conversations with people about oh I've seen her die already so yeah once she dies I'm I'm good. That's so. It's an actuality, up. is what it is, and I think he's somehow making more money off the prepper uh, community, yeah, with the things that he's doing there versus what his job was before, which was a publisher. Okay. And so he's saying, uh, you know, I'm done with this. Yeah. And and once Tammy's gone, we don't need to keep doing it because that's her job too. Uh-huh. So she's out of the picture. Then I'll give that part up and I'll just keep doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. Okay. On October 2nd, 2019, Lori Vallow orders a wedding ring, October 2nd, a wedding ring from Amazon using Charles Vallow's account. So her dead husband, she gets on Amazon and orders a, a wedding ring and also searches for wedding dresses on the same day on her Do computer. Do people not like think things through before they're done? Because that's just <laughs> like, what in the world are you doing? The, that <laughs> same day, Tylee, missing Tylee. Well, we don't know. People don't know she's missing yet. Tylee's 2018 Jeep Wrangler is used in a drive-by shooting. The victim later identifies Alex Cox as the shooter. No way. Okay. Driving missing Tylee's Jeep. We don't know she's missing yet, but she's not driving the Jeep anywhere. But all of a sudden, Alex has the Jeep. In a drive-by shooting. In a drive-by shooting. In, this is in Arizona, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, the so, drive-by shooting's in Arizona, not in Rexburg. So now okay. her car that was in Rexburg is all the way in Arizona. On October 4th, Chad Daybell's wife, Tammy, visits her parents in Utah after Chad says that Tammy's ancestors have visited him and told him that she needs to go there. So on October 10th, 2019, Tammy is shot at by a masked man carrying a paintball gun. And then on October 12th, Chad buys rope and a ski mask at the Cabela's here in Idaho Falls. Oh my gosh, that is freaky. No, like we were just there yeah. just yesterday. Mm-hmm. So t- Tammy totally explains away this being shot at. She thinks it's just punk high school kids mm-hmm. in her neighborhood her, who are, might just be playing pranks, right? Yeah. But in reality, she's surrounded by people who die all the time. She just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. Yep. She's a, she has no idea to be fearful. But if she really knew what was going on around her, someone shooting at you with a possible paint gun, maybe a real gun, should be way more terrifying. Oh, oh yeah. totally. 
So on October 19th, so the shooting was on October 12th. On October 19th, Tammy Daybell, Chad's wife, dies in her sleep in their Idaho home. Chad claims the next morning, oh, she went to bed with a cough last night and she just didn't wake up. Police believe him. No, no autopsy is done. And she's buried. I don't understand how. Oh, that was one. (laughs) (laughs) We missed those. I don't understand how. I guess there's no connections between. I mean, right. The police got a. Well, keep you know in I'm mind, there's just so many mind, connections Chad that have to be Lori made. Chad and Lori are not married yet. Like, they, they're in the same group, but, I mean, they've been having to hide whatever I, relationship. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like if her husband died, don't you dig into her stuff and go, oh, she's emailing this dude and emailing this dude and mm-hmm. visiting this dude? I don't know. No, because they're assuming that it was just self-defense, bad marriage. We don't need to look any further, right? Oh, man. So that's yeah. in its own realm. Chad and Tammy look like model citizens Five right now. Kids, Rexburg, yeah. Idaho. Married for years. He's trying to be a good religious person. Why should we be concerned about him? So when Tammy dies, there's no red flags because nobody's connected the two. Now, it's been said that once Lori got to Rexburg, and, and Chad's about 10 minutes north of her in Fremont County, that they would meet up in various places in Rexburg in the early morning hours. Chad under the guise that he's going to work out, so Tammy's not asking any questions. Uh-huh. And Lori doesn't have to explain to anybody because she's got Tylee at home, supposedly, taking care of JJ, who's asleep, so she can go out at 6 o'clock in the morning and go meet Chad and do whatever she wants to do. Wow, okay, yep, that makes sense. So on the 23rd, a memorial service for Tammy is held in Rexburg, Idaho, and then in early November, so, I mean, that was the 23rd, so it's not too much later, Chad receives $430,000 in life insurance on Tammy Daybell. Wow, that's a lot of money. Right after this... Chad is actually excommunicated from the LDS church because after she dies, he claims that he is a, a modern day prophet, which is in the LDS church you you can't do. Wait, mm-hmm. so the whole time he was doing stuff for this other set? He was set, still a member of the church. Did people not know that he was a member of the No, they did. But the, like I said, we knew. We knew there was a group of LDS people who just did this weird thing on the side. I mean, if you're a, if you're a prepper, wow. if you're a quote unquote prepper, uh-huh. what's really the fear in that? There's not a lot of fear, right? Yeah. When COVID-19 hits, you've got plenty of toilet paper in your basement, <laughs> uh-huh. right? Yep. I mean, that's the fear, right? So yep. a prepper, mostly people look at them like, well, aren't you a little overboard? Yeah. Because they have a whole bunch of food and they have camping supplies and they have fuel sources and they have generators. They have these things that make it so if, if our modern day conveniences go away, life is going to be fine. But this prepper group has gone way past that. And here's the thing is like when... Um when Lori was was claiming she was a god, that her and Chad were gods on earth, that was more like a secret. It wasn't like they were going to go tell everyone that because that would hurt other members' mm-hmm. feelings. But he finally came forward saying, yeah, I'm a prophet. I guess it's just strange to me that he's telling all these people that they're zombies and everyone is just... I think you know? I think it's his form of grooming. He's not going to tell you that you're a zombie or you have zombies around you or that he's a prophet until he's assured he's going to be able to pull you into his circle. Uh-huh. And that's when he's going to start telling you because he has a, a reasonable idea that you're going to go, okay, I want to be a part of this. Got it. Yep. And I mean, it's obvious this man's got this skill. Yeah. 
you know. So the girl who left the the sect or whatever, yep. she when the guy was interviewing her, he he said, "So would you say you were brainwashed?" And she goes, mm, "I think groomed is a better word." Okay. She's like, "I was just tricked, like brainwashed." That he didn't just go, "Oh, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this," until I believed I was this. She's like, he slowly, slowly changed my mind about things until all of a sudden, now sitting here talking to you, I I sound crazy. Like, I sound <laughs> crazy, but I didn't think I was crazy. Like, everything made sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he gets the money. He gets the 430000 He gets excommunicated. And then on November 5th, 2019, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell go back to Kauai for Lori and get married. This is only 17 days after Tammy Daybell had unexpectedly died in her sleep. And I think this is probably what I saw in the news, right? Where yes. they were just this is kind in of Hawaii. when this is kind of when the kids like when we found out the kids were missing, this is when people started to make connections like so only 17 days after Tammy died. And she bought the ring and she bought the dress before Tammy died. On Charles Amazon account. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. On Charles Amazon account. So there's, that- there's no, I mean, one thing you have to accept in this case, absolutely have to accept is that there wasn't just things that happened and they went, Oh, look, we can be together now. Yeah. This was organized they and it was organized. It. Yes. It was organized months in advance uh-huh. and things just had to fall in place for them, which is why if dominoes have to fall. I think we're going to figure out in the next episode that JJ and Tylee are just dominoes yeah. that have to fall in order for Lori and Chad to get what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So that's where we are ending part one of this episode. Where are JJ and Tylee? When did they go missing? Why didn't anyone notice? How come everyone in Lori's life has died or gone missing? Next week will be part two of this story and we will cover everything we know up to this point or up to that point because I'm going to guess we're going to hear more uncoverings as this week goes on. This this case is ongoing and evolving and things are developing every single day. So stay tuned. Follow us on social media. I post updates on social media before we release episodes. So that's a good place for you if you just can't wait until our next episode. But yeah, thank you, Mom, for coming on. You're welcome. She'll be here next week again, and I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye. <laughs>